from KFNX News Talk Radio 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. Welcome to the program, everyone. My name's Alon. And my name's Ara. And I'm Colin. And this program is Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Molly's not here tonight. Um, we almost had like a whole crew, a room just almost, just staggeringly full of people. Um, these people were going to be from where? Uh, from a uh, undisclosed studio. An undisclosed studio? So were yeah. we going to disclose it had they arrived? No. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Was, so not, we can't even rag on them publicly for not showing up. You can rag on them these, um, mysteriously, if you like. Were we, were we gonna have top secret agents? You know, in here? you know, like uh, you know the story of the Pied Piper. Um, no, sort of. Yeah, you know how he's the guy, he's got that flute. He plays the flute. Oh, and the rats come following. Yeah, and whatever. Yeah, and the kids. Yeah, kids. Yeah, kids and rats. I lost the flute. Okay. So. <laughs> Well, maybe next time. You know, as disappointing as that is, yes. um, I really wanted to mock them, but now we don't even. I, we can't say their names or where they're from. No, almost as disappointing as the computer-controlled car behavior in Gran Turismo Five. <laughs> okay. See what so I did there? You, you told me in the past that it's not very intelligent in terms of how it. Okay. Its drivers so, handle. Versus, like, Forza. I, I don't want but to spend... But has it gotten more, like, up in your junk lately? Yes. I don't want to spend more than, like, a minute on this, but this is really important to convey, okay? I've... I've As everything dis- in Gran Turismo No, 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 no. But this is, this is a special echelon of importance of which no other issue has reached, okay? I'll allow it. Now, <laughs> you're so kind. <laughs> now, I've discovered the, the, uh, the origin of... All of the computer-controlled car behavior in the game. Uh, random dice roll? No, close, though. Okay. It's, it's clearly um, the, the only reasonable conclusion to make is that the people who programmed how the cars drive around uh, modeled that behavior after San Diego car insurance fraud rings. <laughs> you know, that's not one that I would have considered. Yes, it's true. And that's perhaps why they chose it. Yes. Um, they don't just smash into you or ignore you. No, that would be too simple. No, they uh, go in front of you, they go on the side, they box you in, and then they give you the squeeze. Okay. Yeah. Just like in L.A. or San Diego. All right. Well, um, I guess that's a bummer. That's a, It's a total bummer. In fact, it's... Doesn't that just make them very intelligent because they're totally screwing with you? Well, if... By very intelligent, you mean destroying the entire game in the process, then yes. Well, if it's a race, you want to stop other people from succeeding. It sounds like they're doing that. Now, now, I, I know that you might have a, uh, a little, uh, I want to be a little nice about this, uh, a different perspective on what it means to stop other people from passing you. I played Mario Kart. I know this stuff works. Okay, but it's, it's just, it's really bad. I don't want to get into so the details right now. So would you be upset now? if you were behind me in a race and yeah. I zigzagged to prevent you from going past? Me? You can't do that. That this is not that is not racing. That is being a total 
jackal. No, no, no. It is racing because no, my, my no. goal is to win. I win by being number one. And so if I prevent you from becoming number one, then I am fulfilling my goal. Right, but there's, there's, a, satisfying there's a fine line of a certain type of etiquette. Where if the car... There is no etiquette now, in war, now sir. You listen, now, you, I, I know that you would bring this up, okay? And I know that that would be your position, okay? But you cannot... That's because it's a logical in, position. In any, no, in any <laughs> form of racing, you cannot continuously zigzag in order to co- block the car behind you. Well, not, not continuously through the whole race, but you certainly can. The, there's... No, you can't... If you're in a corner, okay? See, here's the thing. If you're in a corner, blocking in a corner has some value and is acceptable because there is a fast line through the corner and there are slower lines through the corner. But if you're if you do this like on a straight, okay? No, no, you, you will get Why else would you killed. have a rear view mirror? Explain that to <laughs> indeed, me. Indeed, indeed, indeed. <laughs> and I'm not talking about real life. They yeah. put a real a rear view mirror in right. these video games. Right. Clearly there's a purpose. Clear yes, clearly it's so that you can steer into whoever's trying to pass you. Yes. Yes, that's what you need to do. Uh, well, I'm sorry. If we're ever in a, ever in a race, uh, and I'm in front of you, yeah. and you're behind me, yeah. like immediately behind you me, realize I will swerve to prevent you from passing. You realize that the the ultimate consequence of that type of behavior results in everybody crashing, no matter what. That's not my concern, as long as I don't crash. Indeed. Well, you will crash, too. Uh, I don't believe yeah. so. Now, I think, I think maybe you How spend, can I crash if I'm moving forward and I'm in the front? I think that you may have been spending too much time with Danica Patrick. I don't... Maybe she's giving you racing lessons and tips, but that's not normal or desired racing behavior, whether it's in real life or in a game. Um, I'm sorry. It's simply not the case. Yeah. Well, well I, we I, will have to agree to disagree. I shudder, I shudder to uh, think about the opponents whom you will... Dude, I'll have you know, I did quite well the last time I went kart racing. Yeah. Yeah, quite well. Okay, we'll see. All right. Colin. Yes. You had some questions for us prior to the, okay. the program start. So my question is, why isn't there a Connect, a connect Marketplace on I should, Xbox I should Live? announce to the listeners, new topic. <laughs> new topic. No, no longer new racing story. Games. Yeah. Yeah. Why isn't there a Connect Marketplace from day one? We've had all this Connect hacking that's been going on where people have been making their own custom stuff, and I feel like there should be an outlet for these people to actually produce something that'd be beneficial for the marketplace in general. Okay, okay, wait. You're not talking about Connect Marketplace per se. You're just talking about having Xbox Live games be Connect yes. games. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just get that out of the way. First of all, I'm just wondering, like, what were the what were the barriers that happened? Do they want to keep like quality control up for the first, which they obviously didn't, because a lot of the games are terrible. I'm just like trying to figure, like, what was their logic behind not having a Connect Marketplace, and one hasn't been announced yet. Well, so. you were also talking about this on Saturday. Yeah. And what you were talking about was opening up the uh, the SDK for indie games. Yes. So is that what you're talking about now, or are you talking about Xbox Live? So there's live, there's indie, well, I think and there there's disc based. There should be both. There should be an indie marketplace and an arcade marketplace. Okay. Well, they are very different things. Yeah. And different reasons for becoming available. One is that you generally wouldn't release an SDK unless you know you're pretty confident with it because you don't don't want to be dealing with support for it. Yeah. Um, now you do support people who are like paying license fees and actually going to be putting out a game for you to profit from, you know, more than a few hundred copies, right? So um, you might put something out that's less than perfect to uh, to a real developer, not like some dude in his garage. Um, <clears throat> at least that's my take on it. But, I, I have a theory as well. But also, disc-based games are where the money's going to come in. Like, you're not going to... 
if you're making a big title, you're going to put it on disc because you're going to be spending you know, 50 or $60 yeah, on that. Yeah, and I can understand as that. As a consumer versus $10. Now, ultimately, I guarantee you, you're going to see Xbox Live games. Um, when you say, why isn't there a Connect marketplace, it makes me think, why isn't there some special marketplace specifically right, for that, Connect? Right, that's why I asked that clarification in the beginning, yeah. because so, that's not what he means. If that's not what you mean, then I won't address it. If it is what you mean, it's it's what, really obvious, because there think, is nothing to put in, in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really... But with the Connect marketplace, you mean like an Xbox... Like I meant more like indie games, but would you mean like an Xbox Live marketplace or for anything else? Well, it, clearly there's a live marketplace that exists. Yeah, well, right? I mean, would it be a little Connect store in there, or would it be something else? Well, they, so, they would just have a category of yeah. con- Connectable games. Yeah. Right? Connect-compatible games. Uh, but those don't, don't exist right now. Now, why they didn't allow it, like, you know, when the Xbox 360 first released, there were a few games on live, and there were a few games on disc. Yeah. Right? Because they want to get people used to the whole downloadable thing. I'm actually a little bit surprised that they didn't open up and have some people release some Connect games. Um, that were downloadable. But given that it's a family thing, and the assumption is that when you're like family and low tech, you're not necessarily on the internet. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, that's one point. I, just don't, I, have, I have a multifaceted theory. Yeah, I just, okay. I just don't buy that the family argument worked just because stuff like with the iPad came out and everyone wants one of those in the marketplace that's built into that and with like the prevalence of iTunes and iPhones, I feel no, like... No, 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 no. But yeah. this is completely different. Okay, well, hold on. Stand by. With... This product, okay, they are going for super ultra mega mass market, right? Right. And the most mass market marketplace is the retail channel. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So in addition, they're also aiming one. for the party, like everybody in a single r- living room market. However, I gotta say that as Connect Games go, there's probably going to be a lot more interesting experiences to be had over live because the result is that each person has a Connect. In that scenario, each person, possibly more than two, you know, it could be however many they want, um, more than just one person or multiple people at a single connect trying to compete for the connect sensor. Um, it makes actually a lot more sense to do it over live where multiple people have access to it. I don't know if any of the existing connect games are. I don't even think Dance Central supports it, and that'd be the one I would expect to have it. Why? Just because, like, Harmonic has always been big on multiplayer, especially with online play. Yeah, that I mean that particular game just supports one person dancing. But I mean, I guess they could have just put two people on the screen and measured two of them at the same time. Whatever. Um, it'd be funny actually to put the other person playing on the dance floor where you're represented <laughs> by by the 3D model to help you, right? Um, so they could have done it, but I, I think they were just focusing on learning the technology. Um, so I, I have additional reasons why they didn't do this. Let's hear it. Um, so one of the other ones is that I I think that they're deliberately one th- I, okay, so the short one, there's two. Short one is that the I, I I think that they were not convinced uh, that it would be successful, and so they just said, okay, we're just gonna do like these many games, and it's just retail. We're not gonna do further development yet. The other part that uh, I think is is probably more likely also is that I think that they didn't want to cheapen the value of the concept by having it in a lower cost channel like the Xbox Live stuff. So keep it like a premium product. Exactly. Okay. Even though the games are like what? They're like 30, 40 bucks, right? I think they're like 50 for all the... Yeah, they were 50. Oh, 50? Okay, well there you go. Still, that's still pretty yeah. premium. Yeah. So. I, I mean, which is more indication, by the way, that they're trying to directly compete with the Wii. Yeah. Because it's now the same price point as the Wii, but... Um, 
Yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I'm confident that you'll see it on live. There's no reason not to. When it's released to indie is a different question. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know many people that actually play a lot of indie games or like any. Um, <laughs> The only the only one that ever got attention was uh, I made a game with zombies in it, right? Yeah, that and one got quite a bit of attention. Yeah. Well, and and also the the not so secret secret behind that is that it's made by a dude who also makes a full Xbox Live game, right? So, um, that could have just as easily been an Xbox Live game if he chose to market it that way. Like I don't know what rules they have. He probably just wanted to play around and get something e- quick and easy up on indie. Yeah. Right. Um, and not have to go through whatever red tape is involved with Xbox Live. Um. Which is interesting because it helped like test the feasibility of that market, um, of that that venue, I guess. And, for and that game made over like hundred thousand dollars, didn't it? It made a lot of money. Uh, yeah, considering it was made by a single dude, it oh, made yeah. a yeah. huge oh, chunk. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he actually released a second one rec- recently, didn't he? I'm not really sure. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, if you haven't seen that game, by the way, you totally should check it out. It's only a buck. You can play the demo if you don't want to pay the buck. Uh, I made a game with zombies, and it's spelled all weird. It's you know, it'll be up there and whatever menu of game you're looking at because it's the only really popular one uh, anyway this is a break we'll be right back arizona's news talk leader kfnx am 1100 I can't believe that you had the gall to imply that my normal state of dress is hobo-like. Welcome back to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Colin, Colin I'm talking to you. I'm just saying, That's if right. I invite you to my video game theory class next semester, I yeah. want you to look good. You want me to look good? You are reflecting me at this institution. Yeah. It's a work culture. I was I was figuring on, like, you know, maybe I'll, like, lose some weight and wear an even tighter <laughs> t-shirt than normal. <laughs> That would be phenomenal for all of the members of the, the yeah, class. Yeah. <clears throat> so speaking of your class next semester at ASU, um, we're also sponsored by a school. <laughs> well, also, we're not sponsored by ASU, but we are sponsored by <laughs> UAT, the University of Advancing Technology. So you, dear listeners, should visit their website at uat.edu. And if you want to chat with us on the show today, you can call us at our own location which is a phone number, 866-536-1100. Um, for those who, who feel like listening live and want to know when it is, uh, we haven't really mentioned this too much, but sometime about a month ago, uh, time changed for y'all, and it doesn't change in Arizona. So um, we're now on at a different time. I think it used to be 9 Pacific and midnight Eastern, and now we're 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern. Right. But if that's uh, wrong, then it's 10. No, no, that's, that's, that's right. correct. Okay. So right now we're 8 and 11, um, and you can figure out what's in the middle there. So, uh, yeah, if you're trying to listen live and haven't been finding us, that's why uh, the website does not actually reflect those accurate numbers right now. So <laughs> It's such a, it's such a such My a bad. antiquated system, this, this daylight saving. Yeah, and, you know, those of us in Arizona are one of the, you know, the, the very few places in the country that get it right. We're that's thinking right. ahead. Not changing. We are very progressive here. In, and I've in lived in two of the three places. Anyway. One more thing I wanted to add, too. If you guys want to go to chatterboxgameshow.com and jump in the chat room, I'm ending that right now. we got actually a pretty good crowd today. We got, really? we got Pen15. We didn't last week, and that's why I thought no one was listening live, because yeah. they, maybe they didn't know about the time change that we don't go through. Anyway, um, I guess there's, there's potentially so many other things to talk about. Uh, I, I wanted to 
return to a little bit of the discussion uh, based on like Donkey Kong and, and what makes games interesting to people. Um, because I, I feel like I did a bit of a piss poor job last week, really ex- expressing what I wanted. Too much salad, yeah. not enough steak. I'm I'm not so sure that I'm better equipped this week, but I want to give it a shot. Um, basically, by asking you, Ara, a couple more questions. Um, okay. What I was trying to get at last week, uh, I, I was talking about having played Donkey Kong Country Returns. Um, at that point, I hadn't played the last level, level, last world. I mean, World Eight. Right. Um, I just played through uh, seven of them, and I was on on the eighth world. Now I've actually finished the game, and not much changed. Although I, I should say the levels in World Eight were reasonably difficult. Um, you know how there's puzzle pieces in it? Okay. Like every level has a certain number of puzzle pieces, at least five that you have to collect. I'll take your word for it. Uh, I should I should rephrase that. You don't have to collect them. Right. But that you assume would be useful for something. Like there's something to collect in each level, so collect them and see if you can get them. Um, and I also talked about how this game was the only interesting element of it, or at least the the foundation of its of um, what makes it interesting. This is, is the, the only interesting thing that you found in the entire game. I, what I'm saying is the foundation of this game. Like the, they knew, I think, when making it, that what's going to make this interesting to anybody is the challenge, which also means you're you know you're not going to be interesting to a certain set of people. But the puzzle pieces. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about Donkey Kong. The challenge in general. Okay. All right. Yes. And this okay. leads okay. into the puzzle okay. pieces. Okay. Now I'm on your wavelength. So it's relatively easy in most any level to just breeze through it, get from A to B, you know, yeah. start to finish. Yep. But where it becomes challenging is, you know, finding the puzzle pieces and being able to get them successfully. And what would be really challenging is actually going from start to finish and getting them all in one go. Like, because there's some that you can't get, but like if you're willing to kill yourself while getting one, like <laughs> falling into lava while you grab one, okay, cool. And then you don't have to get it again when you go through because yeah. you've gotten it once. Yeah. Um, so actually getting those is the hard uh, is what makes it a little bit hard, not just succeeding in the level. Although there are a few levels that just succeeding is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but then you get to the end of the game, and there is literally no reason whatsoever throughout the entirety of this game. To get those puzzle pieces. When you get to the end? Nothing. I don't follow. Not a thing. No secret levels or anything like that? Nothing. You got them all? The, all the puzzle Every pieces? Every single puzzle piece in the game. And what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened? Nothing. Maybe you didn't really get them all. I did. How do you know? Uh, because each level, when you're done, there's a little metal. Yeah. And so it's a blank metal or it's a metal with a puzzle piece in it. Because yeah. you succeeded getting them all or you didn't. And every single level, I have one. No time. Have to ship game tomorrow. Must be, man. Um, there is something. Now, you know those those hard levels at the end of each world? Yeah. You know, the dash K level, which is really, really hard? Yeah. Um, at the end of each of those, you get an orb. And when you get all of those orbs, you can go to, like, the super secret special level at the end. Okay. Um, which, like, that's like World 9, but there's only one level in it. Right. Um, that still doesn't require puzzle pieces, though. You just have to finish that level to get the orb. Okay. And when you get all the orbs, you get that. So there is a, a purpose for playing those levels. Yes. Uh, but, but there's no purpose for getting the puzzle pieces in those levels or any other level. Okay, so hold on. I find it very difficult to stomach that there's, in fact, no... I can uh, tell you how I, I tested this. I just uh, looked it up, uh, and there, it says there isn't anything. Compensation for... There's literally nothing. nothing. You don't get to see a picture... Does the puzzle Whoa, pieces oh, make a picture? Oh, there might be some image gallery or some crap that opens up. Okay, images, there you go. I've got a question. Because there are all sorts of image galleries and music galleries and things that you open through the game that I don't pay attention to because I'm there for the game, not for the concept so you, art. So, so you got something, you just don't care about it. There's nothing gameplay related. Okay, like, for Understood. instance, in order to get to that special level at the end of each world, yes. you have to have um, 
beaten all of the levels in that world. Uh, whereas it's possible to go through and fight the boss without beating all the levels. Like you can skip one or two. Every world allows you to skip one or two levels in the game. Okay. In that world, right? But you won't get access to that special hard level of that world unless you've beaten them all. So there is a benefit to beating them all. However, having the puzzle pieces is not necessary. And this is demonstrated by the fact that I got two of the puzzle pieces after finishing the entire game and going to the very last level. I was like, oh, I want to go get those two. So I got I them and nothing unlocked. So how do you feel about this? That frustrates me. Um, but that's you, not actually my point. Do you feel why you brought it up? Ripped off? Uh, I don't feel ripped off, right? Because I still had the challenge of the game or whatever, but I'm, I'm a little bit confused and I'm just upset at the developers for why put in something that is so useless. Right. If I'm going to do it, there yeah. should be a reason, and I think it's poor design. Yeah. Maybe I that's should. That's like ask a very them. academic point of view. Maybe I should ask them. Well, even compared to New Super Mario Brothers, you had those extra two worlds you got just by going through and unlocking stuff, and I feel like that really sucks. There's nothing there. What about getting the Kong pieces, like all the letters for every level? Do you anything for that, or? Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I thought there was something, but I don't think so. I think it's the same issue where you just see that metal Ugh. at the end, but. There, you know what? There's got to be something because Cranky Kong points out at one point in when you're in his shop, he says, uh, "Don't forget to get all the letters and the levels. They're, you know, they they'll pay off or something like that." Oh, Cranky Kong. Um, so if you're looking at some fact or something that explains it, I'll you, look it up. You tell me. Um, he said, but he says in the game that there is. Anyway, uh, the point I was trying to make with Donkey Kong last week, and what I was trying to, I got a little bit sidetracked this week. Uh, is that the main enticing element of that is challenge, which clearly appeals to the people who want to accept that challenge, not to the people who like, you know, other elements of games. Sure. And so what I wanted to ask you is something that I know I've asked before, just, you know, I, I like to identify in my search for the perfect game or perfect game design, what are the elements of interest to not just one person. Like, I don't think there's some holy grail of game where if you take this element and this element and this one, right. mix them up in a bowl with the right ratios, right. then you get some great game. I really don't like to use the word perfect when talking about a game because that's akin to referring to, like, yeah. perfect music. Well, because it's a sub- there's so much subjective, you know, it, it's well, very right. subjective. But beyond that, though, right, just to interject real quick, there's also the reality that in many, many cases... Um, you make a sacrifice or a, a consolation between two alternatives when you make a design decision, or two or N or however many, where uh, none of them are ideal. You're always giving up something. There is there is often not a case where there is a, a clear best alternative when you're faced with making a decision of how to deal with something in a certain context. Yeah, and that's not what I'm looking for. Okay. Um, what I'm looking for is... Clearly, there are there are certain aspects of uh, whether it's a game design or, or any other sort of media design. There there are certain uh, characteristics that appeal to certain groups of people. So what I'm saying is I don't think that you can just put a whole bunch of things in it and and appeal to everyone because you just have something that is inherently good. Well, but certainly. Like, what I want to focus on is say there are certain people who uh, for whom narrative is the the key element. Sure. They want to play for story. And, sure. I, and, and I mentioned this a little bit last week. Then there's people who enjoy, to my surprise, having played through Donkey Kong, uh, challenge even if it is very contrived, like we talked about last week, yeah. where it's like they throw an enemy at you last second. You've got to die to learn that you have to avoid it. And yet I somehow sure. still enjoyed 
plowing through playing a level 50 times to say, okay, I finally did it. Yeah. Right. And then sure. didn't enjoy so much going back to it just with those stupid Kong letters. Um, but what I'd like to do is like identify a Rolodex of these are the elements that appeal to people. Okay. Whether or not they all have to exist at once is, is irrelevant. Okay. But what are those elements? And we'll talk about that when we get right back. Right on. It's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Woohoo! Oh my gosh, we're back. Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Uh, so. Right as we went to break, I said, I, what I want to do is try to identify the elements that um, interest people well, I, in a game. Right. So I think you can probably identify major groups. I'm not sure if you can really be exhaustive necessarily about that. And I don't want to be. And I will, as a corollary, state that you do not necessarily also want to fashion a game to appeal to all those different groups. Agre- I agree. And, and so that's what I was saying, where I, I don't think you should just mix them all in hopes for finding a game that appeals to everyone. But... Um, this this stems from my playing uh, Donkey Kong and realizing, surprising myself, like I'm actually enjoying doing this, uh, even though, like academically, when I think about it, right. it upsets me that I would enjoy yeah. this tedium of playing through over and over just because you know I have to die, uh, have to die, have to die to learn how to get through this level. Wasn't that the exact same thing that happened with? Aura and Demon Souls, where it's like you had to die whenever you came yes. into, and which is why I'm upset about because that game is retarded. <laughs> so there was a little. Yeah, bit of I that. was enjoying it when I was playing it. There was a little bit of that, right, in Demon Souls, but the part of it that really like overshadowed the negatives is that if you're sufficiently careful, yeah, and if you play in a sufficiently careful manner, you can overcome those aspects. Yeah, Aura definitely said before concept of donkey kong ever came up uh, or the subject i mean um he would always say that what's good about that game is every time you die you know the mistake you made you know how you could have overcome it and if you were better you just would have not died right and and actually the reason why alan you like these things even though they frustrate you is because uh despite its contrivance and despite the fact that you go into a situation with no foreknowledge and the situation is extreme enough that you just have to die the first time no matter what, you still like it because you are learning in the experience. And that's why a lot of times I like to say that, that games are not... Games are not products like toilet paper or a film. Games are teachers. And the game was teaching you something and you learned something and that's why you liked it. I don't know if I was learning, though. I mean, clearly, each level I was learning the no, level. No, you were. Now, I'm not saying that you're learning anything that's necessarily transferable to anything else, but you are learning. That particular level, sure. Yes, it's still learning. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess you, my brain was filling with data. Your brain does not know the difference between you learning about how to pass level 2K or whatever... And uh, learning about, uh, like, I don't know, you know, like some facts about, you know, 1940s uh, Germany or something. Okay. Is this because I had a Hitler stack yes, yesterday? Yes, exactly. Is that why you brought that up? <laughs> Precisely. You know, I had, for November, 
Or I wore a big old must- handlebar mustache. It was beautiful. Before I, before I shaved and it you, off, I was like... And you didn't know who Harry Shearer was the entire time. Uh, no. So I'm wearing this handlebar mustache all month, and I'm like, all right, when I, before I cut it off altogether, I'm going to have to take a picture of me with a Hitler stash. And uh, I did more than that. I actually, I actually spent one day yesterday with the Hitler stash, and I have that photograph. If anybody wants to see it, let me know. I'll, uh, I'll post it online or something. Um, if anyone wants to see it, yeah. but you know what? Like before, like that guy showed up, right? That Adolf guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably like totally cool, no problem. Well, Chaplin, Chaplin had, it. had one, yeah. yeah, and he was before before Hitler. Yeah, right. So like that guy just ruined it. Yeah, no, for exactly. everyone. He it was ruined sort of the a stash. That's for the everybody. thing. It was sort of a social experiment for me to see people what people would think, but I was honestly just too scared to go out in public. So like I went to work, but I kept I kept to my team. Like I didn't <laughs> I didn't go talking to the VPs that day yeah. or. Or like going to the lunchroom. Yeah. I just I took a half day and I went to work for a little bit and like showed it off to be funny with the, my friends on my team and then yeah uh, went home. Yeah. <laughs> so because but hey you know what actually it's, no I went to a poker. It's game. Arizona so you might need to meet some new friends who are very friendly with you. <laughs> well you're you're right about that. Anyway um I thought to myself like I should go out in public and see if people harass me for it. <laughs> I wonder if Pen15 will harass you for it. Ah we do have him on the line. Let's bring him on. Pen. Uh, are we doing? Are, is Penn live now? Yes. Hello. All right, you're on the air, man. How What's would up? you feel if you saw me with a Hitler stash just walking by one day? I'd be cool with it. Right on. Yeah, it fits your personality. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> is that because like I I have like subtle homoerotic tendencies that I don't discuss with anyone, or because I am capable of taking over the world? He is wearing a purple shirt. This was this was the it's wrong time paper. to reveal this, Alon. <laughs> Uh, mainly because uh, I didn't actually mean it. I just said it because it was funny. Okay, you got to be able to back that up, man. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'd want to punch you in the face if I saw you. With that. <laughs> no, it wouldn't bother me. I think it'd be funny because I'm like, oh man, check out that guy who's gonna die later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what can we do for you, Penn? Especially in DC, I'd like to see you walk around DC with that. <laughs> Not happening. Well, uh, speaking of uh, what you were talking about about Donkey Kong and. Last week you were speaking about difficulty. Yeah, did you play this game? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I don't have a Wii. I, I play real games. <laughs> you know, just because you don't have a system doesn't mean you haven't played a game on that system. That, that's very true. All right, but it does mean that he plays real games. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, one thing that was interesting is you guys were talking about the difficulty and how there's that repetition, and uh, and I, I talked about it with a buddy a while ago where the difficulty of a game could actually shape um, what you perceive the game to be. Absolutely. And uh, two examples that I always go back to were uh, Turok 2 and Half-Life, where uh, Turok 2 had a very, you know, hardcore saving system where there was one save, it was in the middle of the level. And there was always this balance of the closer you got to the save, the more frightened you were because um, the things that don't work in games, like, you know, the monster closets where an enemy jumps out, jumps out of anywhere and uh, it's supposed to be scary, but it's not because you just saved three seconds ago. Well, in that game, it totally was frightening because you knew you were so close. And then when you did reach that save point, the further away you got from that save point, the more terrified you were. So it, it sort of was a restart. It had a, a, a peak and a valley. And with ha- and whenever I talk about Half-Life, I, I say it's a horror game, but that's because the only time I would save is when I hit a loading screen. So I would go 20 or 30 minute stretches where I could potentially die, and it made the game terrifying. 
did, did Half-Life, I never played much of Half-Life. That, like, couldn't you save whenever you wanted? You could save whenever you yeah, wanted. Yeah, you could. Yeah. But so you just I, chose I made, not to. I made a choice that I knew that if I did that, then there is no game because I could just headshot everyone, save, and then never have any challenge. And it, I don't think that's how they meant He's, he's exercising discipline, self-discipline, yeah, in order to I, enjoy. I the can't game. do that though. Like I, I've have played it, and I was definitely saving like every three seconds because frustration, which is is an element of Donkey Kong, which I like. I don't. The words coming out of my mouth don't match my experience, but like frustration is one of the worst human emotions that that we can experience. Uh, nobody likes it. It's horrible. It's like in no instance is frustration a good thing. And frustration is born of, uh, like, unnecessary repetition or unwanted repetition uh, or, or repetition caused by failure. Um, that is frustration. And Donkey Kong is just full of that. But somehow I was still enjoying it. Whereas if given the option to save and avoid that frustration, I totally would have. Right, like but, all but the you're, time, you're I would approaching been that game with a different perspective than uh, Penn was approaching his game. Yeah, and and also you you always have to look at it. Like for example, in Trials HD, when I beat almost every single one of your times, um, that <laughs> was. <laughs> I don't recall that, that happening because I must have stopped playing the game before you ever got good at it. You have a tendency oh, yeah, yeah. of doing you should that. Definitely one. go back and check because I, I beat almost every single one of Hold your on. times. Took you a while, didn't it? Uh, no, not really. Hold on, uh, hold huh. on, hold on. I have to, I have to jabble on a little bit now. You, you, you. This is not the first time you've stopped playing a game after someone's beaten your scores. No, no, no. I stopped playing before he ever came close. And yeah, then, he's, and, he's, he's right about that. And then, and then the score gets beaten, and you don't. Well, the, the score will eventually get beaten. Yes, but not by you. No, so because you I, I get in there early, and I kick some ass, and then I'm out, and I'm on to the next thing. I'm not this, you know. Johnny Come Lately guy. Like, I see. Like Penn That's how it is. Joins the end of the show. No, man. Okay, so anyway. But what Penn was talking about reminds me a lot of um, this thing that Anthony Birch was doing. He found it. He wasn't the one who created it. Where he would play through Far Cry 2 and he would have a permanent death run. Like, if he died, he would restart the game. And so you would go through this game. It would be super intense because you would be forced to, like, take every possible precaution and... Try to conserve your ammo and do everything Sounds like that. Sounds like Demon Souls. Yeah, it's a lot like Demon Souls, and so you get really invested in this the character. whole game. Yeah, yeah. If you die once, you restart. And Far Cry Two set up so it's like one of those randomly generated games. So sometimes you get run over by like a car just randomly coming out of nowhere, or get mauled by a lion. <laughs> That's totally fun. Yeah, but like for the most of the game, everything random kind of happened. So did he just say, "I'm going to do this for one day and then stop at the end of that." day? No, he did it multiple times. And no, there are a bunch no. of people who do that. Like he's not the only one. He got the idea from a whole group of people who did a. Uh, a one-death sort of rule set that they applied to themselves when playing the game. I, I also read today about some uh, Flash game some guy built just called One Chance. Yeah, I did play a little bit of that. Yeah, we, yeah. Should, we should talk about that later. I haven't even played it yet. <laughs> but you get one chance. Yeah. But this yeah. idea of, like a, of, of a permadeath run is really interesting to me just because of that intensity that comes with it. Like, I yeah. tried to do it with um, Resident Evil 4, and it just pissed me off to no extent. But you really got invested in that character. And, and similar things happen with... Uh, with with Doom Three, where uh, I did the same method, which is when I hit a loading screen, then I then I would save. And w- people make fun of that game for not being scary at all. But if you played the way I played, like you have no choice but be scared because the the designers of the games were really smart about um, giving you a little bit too much ammo, but making you run out at specific points so that you'd have to backtrack. And you're thinking, oh, I I cleared all these rooms, but they would spawn enemies there kind of randomly and in places you didn't expect. I hate that, by the way. 
All right, listen, Penn, uh, thank you for calling in. If you have more, stay, stay on the line. We're going to break. back that's right it's chatterbox video game radio and we still have pen on or did he he's still here he's, he's still here. here but before we bring him on i'm going to mention uat.edu the website for the university of advancing technology our crowning sponsor what does crowning mean like that means they're it being gives, born it gives you a crown they're the best sponsor <laughs> yeah I don't know. they're good people though they've supplied you with the crown have you seen this thing that amazon's selling on their website the the uh, um, the U-Drive tablet? The what? Oh, the U-Drive, U-Drive tablet? tablet. I've no, seen that. The, uh, the slime... Dude's Big Adventure? No, the slime from Dragon Quest. Awesome which game. You, which is actually a speaker for your DS and a holder for your DS. That's awesome. Have you seen this thing? I have it. I'm looking it up right now, though. Look it up. So Amazon, I guess, was selling... I don't know if they're selling it today or yesterday or something. They had a very temporary sale, but it's, it's actually a slime from Dragon Quest, which is a type of enemy in Dragon Quest. And it's larger than a DS, but it also like it's a speaker for your DS Lite, and you and you also it's like got a stand. That's awesome. (laughs) That is really cool, dude. The the stuff that's made for Dragon Quest is some of the weirdest video game stuff. Well, you know what's weird? A whole a whole uh, controller, a whole slime controller was made. Yeah, I remember that. You know what looks weird though is some battle tag. Now that looks weird. Okay, okay, hold on. Let's not go like too far down some separate roads. We were talking to Pen. What are we talking about? Oh, you want to keep talking? Yeah. All right, Penn, you're back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, the last thing I'll say is about that specific subject is uh, I miss when first-person shooters had these weird sort of modifiers, like big head mode and all that stuff. You and, actually uh, miss the big head mode? Well, not, not specifically that one. What first-person okay. shooters had big head mode? Okay, good, because... <laughs> Almost all of them had big head mode. <laughs> good in Goldeneye big head mode, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And uh, and I remember uh, Turok 2 had one where it would make everything pitch black, and you had a flare gun that lasted maybe 10 or 15 seconds, and it completely changed how you play the game because you'd hear footsteps of something coming after you really fast, but until he was like five feet in front of you, leaping at you, that's when you'd finally see him, and it made the game that much more terrifying. How did he know to run at you, leaping at you, if Because the AI him? doesn't... No, they can still see you. Oh, this is single-player yeah. mode. Yeah, yeah, well, single-player You just mode. can't see anyone else. Well, Pen, apparently in Gears of War 3, there's going to be a big head mode in that game, and a bunch <laughs> of crazy stuff happening. I did hear about that. Yeah, I, I'm not much of a third-person shooter fan. Like, the, But the idea of a multiplayer uh, first-person shooter with a big head mode, or in the case of Gears of War 3, also a little head mode, like that changes <laughs> gameplay. That's not just for graphics like an NBA Jam. Like That's just like it's I easier remember to another hit game someone did something headshot. similar. Uh, they, they did the exact same thing where your head would get bigger the more kills you had, and the worse you were doing, your head would get smaller. Right, now, like that's, that. now that's, that's awesome. interesting. I actually uh, apparently don't play enough first-person shooters because I didn't yeah. know that any games did that. There's, yeah. there's, well, there's, there's just one thing I want to say to um, to, to your point, uh, Penn, about the difficulty and playing deliberately through games and not utilizing the uh, the save intervals that you normally get to utilize. This is really interesting because there's there's a huge contingent of people, uh, incidentally mostly PC gamers, who believe that you should just be able to save whenever you want, and any obstruction that the game provides to that is 
basically just it's it's like they're they're taking away something that you deserve to have all the time. And well, uh, their claim for it is, well, what if my girlfriend comes? Like they always use girlfriend. Right, I was right, like, first right. of all, you're a PC right. gamer. Well, you yeah, don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> and, and you know what? I mean, those are all legitimate reasons. Like, what if I want to stop and not play now? Right, but it's called pause. Well, okay, okay. There's that too, right? But or you just anyway. have to play through a little bit of okay, the game okay. again. I don't want to get too sidetracked from this. The, the, the point I want to make, right, is that what you guys so skillfully and deftly explained is that there's something important and characteristically different that happens to the feel of the game when you don't have that save point. And that type of feel is, I, I would venture to guess, probably not possible to gain in any other way. Well, as a, as a good example, in Half-Life 2, they completely changed the way they built uh, their game around that concept of being able to save wherever you want because they knew players took advantage of it. So they create scenarios of such high levels of chaos that to quick save during that time right. could potentially screw you over. But to me, that... Oh, that's funny. That, that got rid of the slow burn of the the building of the moment of trying to reach a specific goal. Right. It, it's a completely different dynamic. And, and this, is, this is a really interesting issue because this relates uh, a little bit to what we were talking about before, where this is one of those trade-offs, just talking about where's your save points and do you get to save any time or not, of uh, there's no one 100% better answer. If you give the player the ability to save any time they want to, you gain something, but you lose something at the same time. And if you restrict the player's ability to save to varying degrees, you also gain something important, and you also lose something meaningful, too. Yeah. Well, looking at like Resident Evil, the first few games where you had to get ribbons to save and do stuff like that, it really made a difference on how, like, if you were conserving your ammo or when you needed to save, and like how, what you would go after to get those ribbons, because right. they were a commodity. Right. And I know that... That in Dead Space, they were talking about not having a pause at all. Like, you just couldn't pause the game. You can only save it just to keep that intensity up so you couldn't just leave the game running. But I think the Save Anywhere feature is something, despite my own feelings towards it, it, sh it should always be there because I know that a lot of people don't really appreciate the, the slow burn or the difficulty of the way I play. And I, I just wish it was an option. I wish that I always... My, my dream game designer would always have a mode that goes, this is how we want you to experience the game. Uh, no recharging health, you can't save every five seconds, and all this stuff. And then for everybody else who either doesn't like that or feels like it's too difficult, they can go and have an easier mode, but literally all it does is lets you save anywhere, gives you recharging health. Yeah, but for per, me, as perhaps. games go down this road of make it easier and easier and easier, I find myself getting more and more bored. I, I, I haven't bought one... $60 game this year, because right. I really haven't had a reason to. Well, well consider this. Um, when you've got a game, and you let people take advantage and exploit, let's say, the save system in the way that we've talked about, now, Penn, you're, you're pretty, you know, you're a pretty advanced gamer, so you have the self-discipline to say, you know, I want this type of experience, and in order for me to get it, I'm going to play the game in this manner, and you will self-discipline yourself to do that, right? But yes. a lot of other people, if even if given the option of a game mode, right, they will always choose the easier option, right? Now, you could say, okay, if they want to do that, that's fine. Let them do that. Let them do whatever they want. That's a completely valid argument to make. On the other hand, 
if as an author, right, you want somebody to experience a certain feeling and the only way that they're going to experience this feeling is if they're not allowed to save for three hours, you will never, you will not get most people to experience that unless you actually prohibit them from saving for three hours. Get it? And I think especially in games that are specifically no combat, all horror, I think that's how they should be played. I think there should definitely be an emphasis on you can die at any moment, and it's a real, real consequence. However, in those kind of games, I think you have to have a lot of choice so that if the player does die, he can do something different. Because in the times that I did die in Half-Life, they'd have these sort of events that would happen that were always spectacular, but then you got a feeling of, I've already seen this, it's definitely not cool the second or third time. So right. uh, in games where there's an emphasis on, you know, on death being part of the mechanic and being part of the motivation for the player, I think there should always be a lot of ways that you can move around or choices that you can make that greatly impact the game. Because if you, if you have a Call of Duty-style down-the-tunnel game, then having... No saves actually is very annoying because it's like, oh, this is the part where the helicopter falls down at the exact same spot it did all the other times. Well, sure. I mean, repetition uh, when it, when it's forced can be very uh, frustrating, as we've as we've noted. Yes. Uh, uh, can I actually quickly say the question I actually called for? Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people said that I was kind of being silly when uh, I decided not to go to GameSpot.com over the Jeff Gersman thing. Say, say that again? You said uh, it not to go to GameSpot.com? Yeah, that, uh, I said I wasn't going to go to GameSpot.com because of the Jeff Gersman thing. Oh, right. Well, I don't remember this. I don't remember that, or, and I don't remember that being silly well, either. I mean, Well, they, I, I know some people quit the site because they felt that it was an unfair treatment and they, they were putting business ahead of the integrity of the writers. In, indeed, and, and I agree that they were. And But the thing that I find interesting now, I haven't thought about that website in such a long time, but now I realize nobody talks about that website. It's Just still popular and people still go to it, but out Game of the 25 podcasts... Giant Bomb's still kicking around, but I haven't been to GameSquad in like two years. And that's my point. That's the great impact is that there's no... Nobody ever speaks their name, I just, and that's probably worse. Do you think that that was because of that incident? I just think games buy crappy content. I, I think whether people are thinking about it or not, it happened. Like, people never, out of 25 podcasts that I've been listening to for years, no one brings up that site. Well, I guess we just did. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you did, sir. You're to blame. I am. Um, no, I, I, I guess that's true, but I'm with these other guys. Like, I haven't been going to it forever anyway. Um... But yeah, end of the show. We are done today, so you won't be going to Chatterbox for much longer either. Thank you very much for calling in, Penn. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye, Penn. Um, we'll be back next week, and then I at least am off for a week after Call Christmas. Call and Molly show. Call and Molly show coming at you after Christmas. Good night, everyone. Good night, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.